Officers Association of Michigan podcast radio show recorded live in our studios in Redford, Michigan. Home is a full-service labor organization formed to provide every labor-related service from negotiations, grievance processing, legal and legislative representation to Act 312 arbitrations. I'm Ed Jacks, the Director of Member Services for the Police Officers Association of Michigan. And I'm here today with Jim Tiganelli and Kevin Loftus from our organization. Jim Tiganelli is the president of POEM. Jim has served in that capacity since 1993 and is also a business agent representing dozens of collective bargaining units. Kevin Loftus is a 25-year veteran of the Oak Park Public Safety Department. Kevin has been an executive board member since 1998 and currently works full-time as POEM's research analyst and also as a business agent. Jim, can you give us a history of independent police associations and uh, their effectiveness over the past 30 years? Uh, well, I'm sure that at one time that was the, the common method of doing it. If you go back probably into the 70s before there were organizations like ours that may even have been <coughs> through associate memberships through uh, uh, social organizations and things like that, and you had the Million or the Hundred Club and things like that. But what's happened now is uh, representation has gotten more expensive. There is this desire to sue police officers. There is uh, obviously the economic issues that face uh, the employers. Uh, because of that, the independent associations have become, I think, less effective um, because of the expense that really one serious incident can cost you. Uh, it really, uh, like anyone who's self-insured, uh, it, it's easy when there's a lot of money and when there's no issues. But uh, an employer can become very demanding of you if they know that they're starting to bankrupt you. And I think that it's becoming more important to affiliate with a, <coughs> a statewide organization. Kevin, uh, the Oak Park uh, Public Safety Officers Association, which you were the uh, president of for many years, uh, for a long time was an independent association. Maybe you can give us a little history of uh, you know how that worked and uh, how you switched over to POAM and what the relationship has been. Yes, in the uh, early 1980s, we had very few grievances, very few contract problems. Our dues were $5 a paycheck. It was usually used for fraternal or um, social events, retirement parties, Christmas parties, things of that nature. In the early 1980s, um, they, we, the previous uh, director of public safety retired, a new person was hired. He came in, um, disregarded our contract completely, tried to gut the contract. Uh, we were in a long protracted negotiations and arbitration. We went from a uh, $40,000 bank account in the early 1980s to being $60,000 in debt. The arbitration alone cost us close to $100,000. Our dues went up 600% from $5 a paycheck to $30 a paycheck to pay off all of our bills. At that point in time, um, we decided that it was not um, time to be amateurs anymore, that we had to join a professional organization. We interviewed some of the other groups out there and were solidly behind POAM and have never looked back. Uh, and for a while, Kevin, you still remained independent, yet 
affiliated with POAM. Is that correct? That's correct. And a lot of the older members, and I think police officers in general, have a hard time changing. We wanted to maintain our independence. Uh, we took full advantage of all of POAM services, but we remained independent for five or six years and then just decided there was uh, no reason to maintain that status anymore. We were impressed with the full scope of the activities and opportunities we had with POAM and became full members. Jim, um, is that still an option for some independent associations that are out there? There are a handful of independent associations out there, some of them uh, significant in size. Is that still an option for them if they wanted to take advantage of POEM services yet uh, keep that independent status? It is, and it's always uh, an opportunity that I propose as we uh, get questions or uh, attempt to recruit some of these groups. Uh, because m many of them, I think the first thing that they inquire about is uh, their war chest, I guess for lack of a better term. They've been putting money away and maybe they've been fortunate to not have to use a great deal of it, uh, but they start to, they're starting to feel like grievance now costs $20,000 or things like that, so they get concerned about what, what could happen. And so, but they do want to maintain that autonomy. They, they think they first believe that, you know, we're going to decide who their leadership's going to be or what's going to happen to this war chest. and. Uh, quite frankly, when I go to a, a group like that, I, I don't insist on it, but I suggest to them that if you want to maintain your autonomy, you want to, if you're concerned about your war chest, which we don't care about, if you, want to, uh, if you feel like uh, you want to maintain the ability to select your leadership, which we always want every group to do, we never tell anybody who's going to be their local guys, uh, then I tell them to just pay us dues and hire us like they're hiring anyone else. And, um, and then if they get tired of us or they think we're ineffective, all they got to do is quit paying us. Jim, what's been your uh, personal experience working with uh, current or former independent associations? Well, I, you know, I didn't get, get to work with, with Kevin's group back when Oak Park was, uh, was coming over. But uh, personally, I did uh, and still continue to represent the, Saint, uh, the Sterling Heights Command Officers Association, which was a very effective group. And as, as Frequently in the past, command, command groups were probably a little less maintenance. Uh, they don't generally get disciplined. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of times their wages are based on, uh, you know, the lower unit, you know, through some type of a differential. So some of the more difficult things that an association might be confronted with, a lot of times doesn't confront command groups. But Sterling Heights Command had a couple of grievances they went on uh, over retirement benefits and things like that, that they suddenly realized how easy it is to go through eighteen or $20,000. And so uh, now they've, they've used, they use us for everything. I mean, and I think since in the four or five years they've been with us, we've done a number of legal representations for them. Uh, little, uh, I think what happens in a lot of independent ones is that uh, they know it's going to cost some money to call a lawyer, so they decide, is it worth it? And so they decide to try to make an answer on their own. In our case, uh, Sterling Heights has decided to call us, <laughs> which is exactly what we want them to do. Good idea. But I think that that's part of the consequence of being independent is you start attaching a dollar amount to every piece of advice you get and if a guy charges you 200 an hour and you know a quarter of an hour is going to cost you 50 bucks you say uh, you know hey, it's only Ed you know <laughs> do we want to spend the 50 bucks sure in this case here uh, you know there are no uh, you know assessments no ancillary costs you just use it so that's been a good one uh, the other one I have uh, that has been uh, a great relationship is Ann Arbor Police Officers Association, uh, about a 150-person group. It's a large unit. Uh, had, had a, I, I guess, a significant war chest. I don't know what was in it, but I know that was one of the <coughs> things that came up, and it's never been an issue since. 
But since then, uh, Ann Arbor, and I think many of us would think this unlikely, but they've gone through layoffs. They had a huge asbestos and radon problem in their building, which uh, they have some significant health issues there. Um, these are things that would have cost a lot of money to represent themselves on. And uh, we walked in at that time, and actually when we began representation of them, they were in the midst of a 312 arbitration, kind of running out of gas uh, financially on it. And uh, they're going to 312 again. So uh, those are things that I think had uh, had they not joined us four or five years ago, probably would have had a, a significant <coughs> impact on that money they had. And, and they continue to be independent, uh, uh, you know, because they want to or they haven't decided against it. But uh, it's been a great relationship, and I, I, you know, I hope that they would speak well of uh, the POAM services. Mickey Shore Mobile Electronics wants to remind you that they support local law enforcement and POAM members. Flash your badge at any Mickey Shore location and you get free installation. They also offer additional discounts on top of their already discounted car audio and electronics. Visit any of the 16 Mickey Shore locations or on the web at mickeyshore.com. Kevin, as a matter of fact, I think Oak Park Public Safety uh, Officers or the association, when you first joined POAM, you also remained independent for a certain amount of time. Are they still independent or are they actually, uh, is POAM actually acknowledged or recognized as their uh, official bargaining agent now? POAM is recognized as the official bargaining agent. Um, for about five years, we remained independent. We saw that there was no other benefit to stay that way any longer. We were impressed with POAM, and we joined after about five years. We joined as a full member. I um, I know a little bit of the history about our, um, for lack of a better term, we'll call it the, the worst police administrator of the year. <laughs> I know uh, when you came on board, uh, can you, uh, you know, that POAM really supported sort of the ongoing battle or fought the you know, many of the battles in the ongoing war that you were having with the administration. Can you tell us how affiliating with POAM and accessing all of the organization's resources uh, affected labor relationships with the city? Well, unfortunately, we did have um, some very poor administrators who continually wanted to gut our contract, um, abuse the contract, um, not follow a lot of the things that had been very long past practices. We had dozens and dozens of grievances that went to arbitration. POAM supported us fully. We were in Act 312 two other times after um, POAM. We affiliated with POAM. They supported us fully. We were always happy with the results. We were winning about 90% of our grievances, which I think speaks to the professionalism and the competency of the uh, people representing us. And we were very, very impressed, never looked back. Unfortunately, the labor relations didn't really start to get better until the director retired several years ago. Uh, as is always the case, uh, either they resign or they retire or they're fired under pressure, the people that win the uh, POEM's uh, uh, worst police administrator of the year, and uh, I know that was the case with, with your director. Uh, Jim, a lot of independent uh, uh, police associations count on their leadership, their executive board to handle <coughs> grievances of uh, disciplines and, and, and they can be pretty significant and then they they tend to save the attorneys uh, just for contract negotiations and mediation and eventually a lot of those seem to end up in 312 arbitrations. Do POEM attorneys negotiate collective bargaining agreements? 
No, actually, we've uh, we've always seen uh, practice a different philosophy as far as that goes. Uh, attorneys don't work in collective bargaining agreements generally. Uh, they're they're very good at researching things, writing things, uh, defending things that someone else has done, or offending things that someone else is considering. But our, our business agents are, are all full-time, currently or were police officers. And to me, uh, a police officer understands 24-7 environment, understands shift changes, understands the importance of seniority. Uh, he understands what longevity is. Uh, I mean, if you talk to your neighbors that are in the private sector and ask them about how important is that, it probably has a lot less impact on most people than it does police officers. And uh, so for us, to have somebody out there that's worked in a collective bargaining agreement, been affected by it, maybe even had to be defended in it, uh, I think has uh, that's a positive impact. And we have lawyers here. We have four full-time on our staff, obviously, uh, which I think probably is four times more than most of the people we compete for in this business. Well, wait a minute. Four times zero is still zero, so it's an okay. infinite well, number, I think. you got to keep in mind, I wasn't real good in math, but... Uh, <laughs> Okay, we've got four more than the rest of them. How's that? There you go. Does that make more sense? Yes, sir. But one of the things that we can, we, we engage the attorneys in is to make sure that the language that we have is defendable. I mean, sometimes you're creating things that we all know is uh, is important to the law enforcement people we represent, uh, and that concludes our corrections and dispatchers. But but sometimes you get it, you need to have somebody go out and do a little research for you and make sure that it, the language is going to have life to it, that many years down the road, when uh, the business agent or the city manager or uh, county executive is gone, that somebody will be able to read it and know what it means and defend it. So we do engage our attorneys to that point, but uh, they don't sit at the table with us. What does uh, POEM do to empower local leaders, you know, the executive board members of the local bargaining uh, units in running their union's day-to-day business? Well, begin by saying that there's no substitute for a good local leader. A good local leader uh, makes all of us look good, uh, and really, a bad deal for one group is a ba- can be a bad deal for a lot of others. It trickles through the through the uh, business. So, for us to have a good local leader is very important. And one one of the things we do is uh, with new bus- new local leaders, we bring them to our office and they spend a day, and they go through the whole process of seeing what happens when a grievance is filed. They get to see how we select arbitrators. They get to see how our research people uh, work with them on uh, creating comparables and creating exhibits and working with uh, their particular issues. Uh, we sit them down with one or more of our lawyers to talk about what happens in, in a Weingarten Laudermill case. Uh, if it's an after hours uh, serious incident, what, what, what happens? What gets triggered? You know, I think if people see it instead of just hear about it, if they actually can physically walk into the place and see how, the, how things go through, it helps, and we also do two seminars a year for all of our members. Uh, you know, and those are again are driven by uh, topics that you know that we you know we usually hear about from them, and uh, and I, th- I think by doing that, uh, we, we make them feel comfortable in their position. We try to give them as much training as we can, either as a local or uh, as a group of all of our locals, and uh, and we have a training manual that we're kind of proud of that we give them. And I think we can uh, neglect the website. Our, our website has uh, a volume of information on it, again, constantly in motion. But I hear a lot of people that check it at 3 o'clock in the morning because they work midnights. Uh, uh, there, there's a lot of education. I think education is what we try to do to empower them. Kevin, uh, 
I know you act uh, as a business agent uh, for some of our, uh, our groups as well, too, but uh, most of your work at POAM is as a research analyst. And that's preparing uh, local groups for contract negotiations and mediation and, God forbid, 312 arbitration or fact-finding for some of the people that don't qualify for, for 312. So maybe you can help me out with this. Why do so many independent police associations end up in 312 arbitration? I think a lot of it is, is they don't have the information to look at ahead of time. They don't have anybody providing them that information to look exactly what is a comparable community to them besides their neighbor next door. If you're a smaller community, Utica, for example, borders Sterling Heights and Shelby Township. It's one-sixth the size of those communities. Those may not be comparable communities um, to an individual city. They don't have the information. They rely on what other people have told them, which many times is wrong. And they just don't have the information to go forward to somebody to at least make an informed decision on whether they should be going to arbitration or not. Well, and let's not forget, I think, uh, you know, my dad always told me to follow the money. They're getting advice a lot of times from attorneys that maybe uh, have good intentions, but the bottom line is, as those billable hours continue to pile up, it's hard for them to say stop. If you get uh, paid by the word, you write a lot. <laughs> yes, you do. And uh, the other thing that, uh, you know, I don't mean to jump no, in no, there, go. but one of the other things I see in that is frequently these attorneys that are getting hired on the other the next day or the day before were representing an employer someplace. So, I mean, what, where's the allegiance there? I mean, we've got our four guys in the building. They work for us. Uh, obviously, we have some control over, you know, that, that point of view. Uh, but when you hire an attorney that, and listen, I want the guy to make a, make a living, but if he's making it working for the guy that opposes me the next day, you know, then I have to question really, you know, what his sincerity is as far as my needs are. Mickey Shore Mobile Electronics wants to remind you that they support local law enforcement and POAM members. Flash your badge at any Mickey Shore location and you get free installation. They also offer additional discounts on top of their already discounted car audio and electronics. Visit any of the 16 Mickey Shore locations or on the web at mickeyshore.com. Let's, uh, let's touch on another subject, and that is um, we have these uh, wonderful attorneys that work for us. We have uh, the state's leading 312 advocate, Bill Birdseye. Um, if we go to arbitration three or four uh, times on... Um, uh, on a grievance, or we go to interest arbitration uh, on economic issues, are there any special assessments, uh, any additional fees that uh, members or local bargaining units have to pay to POAM? No, we, we have no special assessments. Everything that we do, full service-wise in, in the labor organization, uh, you know, short of the criminal representation, which we do, uh, you know, is another issue, but there's no assessments for, uh, for what we do. I mean, be it exhibits, uh, bringing in specialists, bringing in the attorneys, arbitrators, mediators, whatever it might be. Uh, and it doesn't, <laughs> Frank, uh, to tell you the truth, I mean, I've got some four, five, and six-man groups, and I've got some 150 and 160-man groups. And from my point of view, and I know everyone here shares this point of view, uh, it, those are all police officers. Those are all corrections officers. Those are all dispatchers. And, you know, they were all doing that job. And if he's a six part of a six-man group or a 600-man group, we don't see a difference. You know, they all get the same service. Kevin, you sort of uh, have your thumb on the pulse of what's going on uh, with a lot of 
different collective bargaining units across the state. In fact, many of them that aren't ours, you have access, I think, to every law enforcement contract in the state. Certainly we have all of ours on file, and I think you have probably about 99% of all other law enforcement contracts on file here. So uh, maybe you can help me out with this one. What What's going on with some of the independent, can you give us a status on some of the other independent associations and how they're faring right now, politically uh, and economically? Well, I think, as Jim had alluded to earlier, these are tough times. The employers are looking for concessions. Um, they're looking for some premium sharing on health care, things of that nature. But I'm aware of um, a consortium in Kalamazoo County where things have been dragging out with um, those local groups. They are paying close to $200 a month to their attorneys for legal fees for negotiations and arbitrations. That is something that never happens in POAM. But as times get tar uh, hard, um, the costs are going to go up. Your, your battles are going to increase. Well, we had that, uh, we, but uh, the Oakland County Deputy Sheriff's Association had this uh, long-going uh, feud with the county and then ended up in 312. And well, Why don't you just tell us about that situation because they, they still are an independent association. That's correct. Um, the Oakland County deputies and corrections officers were in one bargaining unit. They were all 312 eligible by, the, by their collective bargaining agreement. Their um, disagreements went on for about six years. They had several hundred thousand dollars in a war chest prior to starting the negotiations and arbitrations. They were basically bankrupt by the end. The employer sought with the Michigan Employee Relations Commission to have the group severed because the corrections officers are not 312 eligible. That occurred. Uh, that put them in a very precarious situation. Their contract was settled, a six-year contract, two weeks before it expired. So they're right back into it. As I indicated, they were basically bankrupt um, from the last arbitration. Now they are especially vulnerable if the fights continue. Yeah. Jim, I, I think I know the answer to this, but what would be your advice to independent associations that are, uh, even if they're faring well right now, because we know that that can change very, very quickly, or to the ones that are struggling? Well, like I said, a lot of times they go hire somebody that someone else has hired, and I think that you need to study the allegiance there. For us, if an independent group wanted to remain autonomous, they wanted to maintain that independent status uh, because they feel it's uh, something they've worked hard to uh, to develop over the years, uh, then hire us. You know, if you're going to go out and hire some guy, uh, we you know, I talked to someone just the other night, and they pay, I think all she said was, two hundred plus per hour for an attorney who. We happen to know that the next day was representing the employee employer in, a, in an adjacent community. I mean, with us, for those, for probably even in that case, less dues, they can get all four of our attorneys, both of our research analysts. Uh, our business agents, while you may be assigned one, we meet almost every day, uh, you know, somehow or other to talk about things that are going on with us. Uh, and you, you, you pick up a lot listening and you pick up a lot sharing among guys. But I think what I would do if I was an independent age uh, group like that and I, it was important to me to have good representation, I'd think about what, what I could buy for that same amount of dues from the POM or perhaps even a lot less and take advantage of it and, and give us a try. I mean, if they try us for a year or two and they decide that it's, uh, uh, that it's not working, we've never had anybody leave, I have to tell no, you, as far as that goes. But, uh, but we always give them that opportunity. And I, I mean, I tell them, if you, you don't like what we're doing, quit paying us. And uh, that's fine. Nobody's locked up. But nobody seems to be, you know, looking for the door either. I think it's working out. 
Well, in, in, as a matter of record, uh, POAM keeps over 99% of their groups, and we have about 460 collective bargaining units, so I think that says a lot uh, for the organization. Some of those 1% are coming back, you know. Oh, well, the, so we'll, if we'll they be haven't already. With open arms, Jim. We're working on it. I mean, listen, everybody likes to see, uh, sometimes, you know, how, to, you know uh, see how green the grass is across the road, and once they get there, they say, you know, it's not as green as it looked. Yeah. Um, and we're okay with that. Yeah. We'll, we'll stand the uh, scrutiny. Well, Jim Tignelli and uh, Kevin Loftus, uh, thanks for the information today. Appreciate it. I want to uh, remind our audience of uh, uh, the events in Washington, D.C. during Police Week. Um, we'll be there at the tune-in. We'll be there at the memorial. Uh, so and, come on by and have And everyone's sandwich. welcome. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> not just POAM members. No. Right? And not even just Michigan, really. They come I mean, from all over the this country. Is, this is about police officers being with police officers, feeling comfortable. And that was the whole idea of it was to allow them to put their feet up for a minute and uh and we, we don't check id we're happy to have them well also i want to remind uh folks to uh, uh visit the website poam.net um there's also uh, i think sort of a, a mini ballot there jim on the uh the horse's ass. There it is. Can I we, said can it. we say horses? I, I just, <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't sure if horses was a good word. But, well, uh, yeah, yeah they, there is a ballot on there. We do have some, uh, some in the running. You may see some of the higher vote getters listed on there, but uh, uh, we're, we'll still encourage people to uh, share their horror stories with us. Uh, uh, there may be some horses' ass out there that we haven't heard of, but uh, we'll certainly give them every consideration. And I did want to say the tune-in deal uh, for those that are listening that come to, to Washington. That will be on the fourth, uh, the 14th of May. Uh, and the tune-in is 3:31 and a half, Pennsylvania Southeast. And uh, it, just drive down until you see the crowd. It's a it's a wonderful way to share time with other police officers. And the POM convention is the uh, last week of May. The May 26 and 27 this year. Uh, okay. 26 is our seminar. 27th is our business meeting. And uh, we encourage all our members to come. And if uh, you want to, if you're an independent group looking for some place to camp out, call me and I'll see if I can squeeze you through the side door. Uh, I also uh, want to mention that these podcasts uh, obviously are um, they're online, but they're also available on the MP3 player or your iPod. And uh, we want uh, members, non-members alike, to comment on the podcast, give us some ideas on some future uh, subjects. Uh, we plan on getting Andy Dillon, the uh, Speaker of the House, Speaker of the House here, and uh, I think uh, going to be a, a candidate for governor. Is a candidate. Is a candidate. Oh, he is officially a he candidate has to quit. now. Yes. Okay. And uh, and we'll also get the uh, the Republican side of that, the two leading candidates we'd like to interview. And we uh, sure will. Yeah, and we're going to ask him the tough question. We look for the best candidate. Right. Well. We, that's a whole other subject about uh, how we endorse and everything else. It's, I it's very unique. unique. You, you, I think the, the typical reaction, and we saw this with uh, in Washington, D.C. some years ago, was that you know, labor organizations only do one or the other. And listen, uh, we represented, we uh, endorsed over 100 winners in the state rep race, and I think it's like 58 to you know, uh, 52 or whatever the number is. Or we look for the guys that work the hardest for the people we represent. Don't forget to listen to our podcast online or on your MP3 player or iPod. Uh, we welcome comments on the podcast. Submit your su uh, suggestions, your questions for future podcasts uh, on the internet, on the website. The, the website address is, again, www.poam.net. 
sign up, give us your email address. If you're worried about confidentiality or privacy, give us the email address at work. And we don't share email addresses with anyone. No information even, uh, on members is shared with anyone, ever. And, uh, and, and you might want to tell them if they have any comments about this particular podcast, so we're only accepting complimentary ones. <laughs> okay. yeah. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another edition of the POAM Podcast Radio Show. I want to remind you that each and every month you can find every single podcast online on Apple iTunes. Just search for POAM. They're also available for download or for live listen on our website. Visit us at POAM.net. Get on our newsletter and send us all of your comments and suggestions for future shows. 